Yeah, it was a woman in a dentist office, and she was asking a dentist if it was true that dentists can tell if women have had oral sex recently. And the dentist said, yes, absolutely. I, right. And yeah, and there's, and actually, if you search uh, the internet and uh, look for pictures, you in fact can't, you can see examples of sort of the yeah, there's, characteristic pattern there. Yeah, there's characteristic bruising on the soft palate. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial, but mostly in good faith. We have an assortment of sexy topics to cover today, including how to communicate about bad sex, how best to recover from rough sex, a discussion mm. about birth control paranoia versus pragmatism, and of course, much more. I am Keith, and I am back from my Central American adventure, steadily recovering from some non-COVID plague I contracted while there. My co-host is Mike. Thanks for picking up the two-episode slack while I was away, Mike. Oh, for sure. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I think we're decided to embargo chatting about the last episode, but uh, good job on that interview. Well, you wanted to talk about some aspects of it, didn't you? Uh, can you remind me what we decided <laughs> is in bounds? Um, I, think that, I think there was a certain... Um, there was a topic that you were interested in talking about, and people, of course, could go back and listen to episode 106. It was an uh, interview with uh, a lady who made a film about polyamory. But generally, we've, I mean, we've talked to a number of, I think, women who are in these kinds of situations uh, on the podcast, and there seems to be some kind of like general flat affect they tend to have. In other words, it's difficult to – well, what would you say? How would you describe like the flatness? I think – We've found that having sex positive or kink positive or polyamory positive, and those are sort of often overlapping category uh, folks, having people like this, especially, well, I guess we haven't had very many men like that on the show, but the women like that that we've had on the show seem fairly... I need to be careful here. Uh, unable or uninterested in making the content entertaining. They're more interested in, I guess, teaching or explaining. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think uh, yeah, another way to say that is that there's it, there seems to be, it's all very flat. There seems to be very little emotional content to it. Uh, and so and you and i just know that can't be right or logically it makes sense to me that can't be right if a person has um things they do that are deeply personal that are unusual um just in terms of like they're at one end of the bell curve on some uh, curve there must be some something some some itch that's scratching like for example if i enjoy being tied up and dominated i mean there's some Emotion. I mean, I'm not like a psychologist, but it makes sense to me. There'd be some, typically, some emotion lying at the the bottom of that. Um, I'm getting some strong feeling out of doing it. There's some right. urge I have to do it, and so you would expect there to be some, um, some descriptions, some kind of vibrant language around that that could be, yeah, brought to bear. And instead, the people that we talk to around these sorts of subjects seem very, very like they just. It's all very matter of fact. It's all very mechanical. Oh well, this person dates this person, and then dates that person, and they have an agreement, and they have consent, and they, I mean, which is all good, but it, but 
it's I mean, put it this way. It's not Romeo and Juliet. There's not like a yeah, there's nothing. It's there's no love story. There's no like emotion uh, there. So it's Is it, and I'm not like there could be a, a three person love story. I'm saying like that's certainly possible. There just seems not to be. Is it the case that they're so beaten down by having to defend their thesis that, yeah, they've almost lost the ability to talk about it with any sense of humor or passion? It's possible. I think that's a possible explanation. I mean, I think like one one thing we talked about is that they it could be some kind of medication that a lot of people take, like that sort of flattens their affect. It could be- yeah. Yeah, that it's just like people outside the community never get it. And so then they're just always afraid that they'll wind up in some conversation that's sort of horrible. And so they can't yeah. express. But I, I, yeah, I specifically asked for like what, um, yeah, kind of what's in it for you or what's the, what's, yeah, what's, what's at the base of this? And there was, it was just, there was nothing. It was like, it was yeah. like a talking to a, a Zen, Zen monk. Yeah. Like it's just emptiness. It's like, okay. I would be curious what her, uh, report and feelings about that interview was. I mean, presumably she's doing a bunch of media as part of this movie release. And so I'd, I'd be curious listening to her other I, bits. I like, talked I would to her. Think, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. I talked to her after we recorded and she told me she was surprised, surprised by the content a bit. And <clears throat> the reason was that uh, I think she, having listened to a number of the episodes of our podcast, expected me to go after her more. Yeah. To look for sort of, well, specifically uh, to look for sexual details that she would reveal like, oh, you know, let's go play by play through one of your encounters. Um, yeah. And I didn't actually want to do that because I was more interested in understanding the lifestyle. Yeah. Or, or uh, be, I mean, yeah. And I actually offered her the ability to say whether it was a lifestyle or a, um, what are they, uh, or like you're born that way. Yeah. Uh, and she said, well, it could be both. And it's like, okay. Yeah. It's one of these things where it's like, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. We should, yeah. we should not throw good money after bad. I mean, that content was sure. milk toast enough and now we're sure. analyzing the milk sure. toast content. So let's, let's just move on. Yeah. Um, how much, okay. This is a little bit of a weird question for the show, but, uh, how much did you weigh? Did you weigh yourself this morning? Yes. How much were you? 152 point something. Oh on my man. Phone. Yeah. I was one fifty four point one. You have oh, okay. You have beaten well. I'm me. a little, uh, I think, thinner boned than you are, or something. So I think I have a lower. Uh, well, your ability to an inch lower. and a half We're, shorter. So that's the first thing. Uh, uh, I don't know if I go that far. Maybe an inch. <laughs> We're, by the way, for for the ladies list, the lady listening, we're like both around six feet, so we're not like right super short people. Yeah, Eric said that you looked the last time he saw you, you looked like a uh, uh, victim of a uh, something uh, like like someone who'd been in prison and not underfed mm. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen me recently, including right this second. We have it's video, true. so uh, he's right. I mean, I'm skinny, <laughs> but I'm, I'm healthy. Although sure. not really healthy the last three weeks. All right, let's talk about sex. Um, so let's do this topic first, just because I think it's pretty good. Uh, this person wonders, just waiting for it to load here. Three, two, one. Okay, got it. This person says, should I tell him the sex was bad? As a woman, should I tell a guy if the sex was bad? Like, is it a good thing to tell him so he can learn and improve or is it rude? 
Things like there was no foreplay, no aftercare, no dirty talk. He expected head but wouldn't do it for me. Wouldn't compliment me at all or kiss my body or nothing. Slapped me in the face without asking if I like that or not. Didn't hmm. make me come or even ask if I did come. Just didn't care at all. Didn't ask what I like or don't like or what I want him to do. Nothing. He fucked like a teenage boy with a porn addiction and not sensual or like a real man at all. Very selfish sexually. So I want to say something so he can learn and evolve so he can be better for future women. But my question is, how can I say it without sounding rude? Also, we're coworkers, so I have to keep the peace. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> okay, well, let's ignore that last part. Let's say yeah. you have, a, you know, you're a young lady and you have a first sexual encounter with a man and he does these things. Like, is there anything you can do? I mean, telling him even some of these things is going to just destroy his ego in such a way that he's probably not going to want to sleep with you again. So let's say you are interested in trying to reform him. What's the best way to do so? Well, I think it's, I mean, first of all, it's a little confusing. I think it would be a little confusing for the guy because just taking two of the items she mentioned, um, uh, he didn't dirty talk and he did slap her without asking. Mm-hmm. But aren't those a little okay? I realize they're on a different axis. One is talking, one is physical. But aren't they a little bit uh, anti? Or like, what am I trying to say? If if you if you uh, there's an oxymoron here. If I ask for here. consent to slap you, then that's like less dirty, right? So he might have thought, oh, you know, so 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 he was. I mean, okay, the typical porn addicted criticism that I encounter is basically. It's like he's just fucking like a me, a real doll. Like there's no, right. there's there's effectively nobody there. There's no mm-hmm. actual person there that he's fucking. Right. I mean that. I think that's a common. Uh, yeah, common he's absent. Failure mode. Right. Well, he's just, the woman might as well not be there. She's like you know the woman is made to feel like you could just replace her with another woman. Uh, right. She's a slide. human flashlight. Yes, um, but she doesn't seem to be saying that right. But okay, let's. I mean, we can take the question like at face value. How would you, how does she introduce such a topic with him? Yeah, I mean, look, I do think there are some uh, inconsistencies in her complaints here. But setting those aside, let, let's say that you know her complaints are: yeah, there was no foreplay, uh, there was no dirty talk, his technique was bad, blah blah blah, and you know, to the extent that those things are consistent, yeah, like how can you possibly tell a man these things without offending him or hurting his feelings. I don't think you can. Well, I mean, th- the most canonical female um, fantasy, sexual fantasy, is kind of the beauty of the beast scenario where the woman is, she finds a guy who's kind of, you know, not well-cultured, not well-mannered, and she reforms him. Uh-huh. Um, and so actually, like this sounds like the beginning of some kind of a fairy tale. And- yeah, I mean, there's a certain amount of female ingenuity that's required to figure out how you take the beast and turn him into a prince. I think that's what he turns into. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> yes, he does. You know, so, I mean, she has to use her feminine wiles, right? She has to like cajole him sort of, um, yeah, like sort of gradually or um, a little bit at a time move him. So, you know, sort of encourage certain behaviors. But I, I actually think this is something that a woman would typically be up for. Okay. Let's just let's let's make it specific. Uh, she All thinks right. he doesn't engage in enough foreplay. How should she proceed? How should she tell him? Oh, I mean, wouldn't that just be? I mean, I so when I was in high school, the first woman, first girl that I had sex with, 
uh, she purposely, and of course I didn't understand what was, actually I'm still not totally sure what was going on, but she purposely kind of like established boundaries on her body of what we could and couldn't do. I mean, these were definitely established by her. What's an example? Uh, oh, like, um, well, I think at first it was like, oh, you know, she, her, her, her boobs and her the pubic area were off limits. Okay. Uh, so that was essentially a way of making it. So what we could do is sort of grope each other and make out. And then she like relaxed the breast area taboo <laughs> and then ultimately relaxed. So, I mean, but like she was actually very explicit about it, which is kind of funny in retrospect. And, and, and there's certain, there's a certain like sexual dimension to that too. Like it's kind of hot that she was being so explicit about it. Yeah. But I mean, that's like, th that's a pretty typical, especially for a young woman, that's a pretty typical thing to do, right? To establish these boundaries. And I think that's sort of sure. the point of them. It's forcing you to, to do foreplay. Like, and I mean, uh, the boundary of, Hey, I only want to do oral, uh, before we have intercourse, like for some number of weeks. Well, the same thing. It's basically forcing him to, to, uh, actually do foreplay because it's the only thing you're allowing, yeah, but right? In this case, the boundaries have already been broken, right? They've already had penetrative sex. True. Like it's, it's hard to it's go true. back and undo. She blew it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, she could, She yeah, she would have to do some kind of a reset, uh, which would be tricky because now he's had the full experience with her and so he's likely <laughs> to just move on at that point. And also, I don't know if this in this day and age, like guys would even tolerate with the amount of access to porn that men have, maybe they wouldn't tolerate some kind of boundaries. Like, do you ever uh, have encounters with a woman who tries to set any boundaries like that? Or is it pretty much, I mean, obviously the first date, typically yeah. the boundary is you're not going to have any kind of sex, but like, let's say date three or four, I mean, do they, yeah. is there ever any boundaries? I mean, maybe their, their anus no, is a boundary. Not anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm 42, right? Like if yeah. I'm in your bedroom or you're in mine, it's going to be pretty tricky to impose a over the bra rule, for example. Interesting. So you've never had a woman uh, after, say, age 30 do that? I'm thinking. Of any kind. Like, I mean, yeah. anus, I think, anal, I, I suspect is a boundary that's somewhat common. But sure. like, let's say. But I don't uh, try to go there on the first sexual encounter. Sure, you know? sure. So they, they, it's an implicit boundary. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we read about men who try to go there on the first sexual encounter. And oh, of course, women seem pretty confused about that. If it's your thing, I mean, a guy wants to get. So, so the answer is no, you have not. Not that I can recall. Okay. But I mean, I think that's what this woman, like there, there are certain sort of normal cultural practices that have the effect of uh, kind of shaping the man's libido into yeah, uh, but a certain Mike, behavior. I think that like outside of like your early early 20s and late teenage years that's not it's a super reliable way to get somebody to engage in foreplay like I think if you want somebody to engage in foreplay you have to say like hey man can we make out a little bit first before you shove your hand down my pants I, I, think I just issue, don't know how yeah. you say that without offending him or hurting his feelings but isn't the issue there that by us by I mean you have sort of two phases right you have the phase when the guys kind of being trained by one or more women. Yeah, but and she's, you have missed, the phase, she's missed yeah. that window. No, I understand. So once you get to the subsequent phase uh, where he has his behaviors set in, I think the typical thing is just to reject him, right? Because you figure, uh, which is sort of a boring answer. I know that I'm sure that's like the reaction most of the people would give on a Reddit thread to this right. question. But yeah, I mean, there's not that much you can do at that point because if you, I always think that if you say, hey, could you do this? Could you do that? The, the thing is they don't really want to. So now you're, uh, 
now you're like you're inherently like sort of demanding something from them that's not yeah really wanted so yeah he has his set of things he wants to do and 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 you're not you're not on board with that and oh there are guys out there that don't want to do that yeah i mean you are right everybody says just break up with them and move on there's yeah. too much to reform there but like even if there's was just like something mild to reform like let's say his oral sex technique was bad you know he's earnest he's he's giving it a, a real go but that one i think is easier to deal with because there are is enough individual variability like for example yeah. if you if yeah. you didn't if you found a woman's oral sex technique to be bad you could say hey i like more focus on this area or that area and it wouldn't feel like a criticism it would feel like just identifying a unique characteristic and so she could i think really easily do that yeah much harder to to reform like the guy just basically only pursuing his own pleasure and not foreplay at all the dirty yeah. talk i mean the dirty talk is sort of more intriguing i mean she could try dirty talking him which would probably elicit yeah. from him because he'd, he, most guys probably have that in them some to some extent. Dirty talk is sort of a high risk uh, arena in general. I mean, there are things you can say that will really turn her on, but what people want in that regard varies a lot. And saying the wrong thing has a lot of downside risk, right? Like so, <laughs> so, some people like being praised, some people like being mocked. Some people yeah. like being dominated. Uh, you know, there's there's sort of different things there. And then, the, the, like, people can switch between those three things depending on phase of the moon and what time of day it is, right? Like, it's just, it's tricky. Um, yeah, I was going to say that a friend of the show, Eric, uh, doesn't, he he's, the, he's one of the people that we've encountered who listened to Gone Wild Audio uh, while right. masturbating. Yeah. And, um, he uh he specifically told me that he would not tell me what uh what he listens to hmm. yeah i don't think i don't think i really know what i would but i probably would not share that really but you would share what video you consume yeah yeah i guess i would share i think i've gotten used to sharing everything on this stupid podcast so i don't have any I don't have any concern. I did want to say one more thing about uh, oral sex. It's nice when women give guidance in early sexual encounters uh, about what their preferences are. It's unusual. Most women don't. And so I have to basically try this whole encyclopedia of tricks to see what they like. And, you know, it takes a few sexual encounters to sort of dial that in. But some women are confident enough to say like, oh, you know, harder or softer, or more this, more that. And what are the more this and more that's that you typically would hear? Uh, what, what kind? Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, actually. Oh, like during oral sex, um, some women like having uh, digital penetration while you're mm. stimulating their clit with their tongue, and so some will say like, "Oh, you know, maybe one more finger or no fingers at all," or uh, some women like more pressure on their clit and some like less and it seems to be fairly random and so you know they'll they'll say like oh that's too hard or you know that's too soft and then oftentimes they want it to be harder the closer they are the more aroused they are and what so and what um just curious what is the uh like is it more likely would you which one would which one would surprise you more uh asking for a finger when there's no finger or the vice or vice versa I think 
most women prefer two fingers. Okay. And so, so, so if you put in two and she told you to go to zero, that would be a little more surprising than going from one to two, for example. Yes. Have you had a woman ask from two to three? No, three is kind of tricky anyway, right? Like, why is that? Because you can use your index and ring finger and okay. kind of keep them next to each other. But keeping three next to each Wait, other. index, your ring finger is your fourth finger. Oh, sorry. So index, index and okay. middle finger. So okay. I have to say. And when you add the ring the ring finger as the third finger, it just I've so I've noticed in lesbian porn yeah. that the two fingers they often select are the middle finger and the ring finger, not the index and the middle finger. And really? then they sort of make this yeah, they make this like, you know, if you're like trying to make little, like a little dog with your hand, you know, where you have the two ears with your pinky and your index finger and your thumb, they'll make kind of that thing. And, uh-huh. it's, and, 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 and my theory about that, I've noticed it, is that maybe oh. the two outside fingers kind of help stabilize your hands. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas if you're using the other two fingers, like you have a little bit of instability on the thumb side of the hand, right? Huh. It's been a while since I've had sex, so hopefully I'll have an opportunity sometime in the nearish future here. But You didn't have sex with anybody in Central America? How no. is that? Po- I thought that, I thought that was like when people go to Central America. You know, certainly Mexico. Yeah. That's. I stayed at a party hostel. Do you know what a party hostel is? No, this sounds good though. Let's hear it. Yeah. So, you know, there's different types of hostels in cities you visit, and some are quieter than others, and some explicitly sort of identify as a party hostel. So. Like every night they'll have like, they had a beer pong tournament one night. They had a, a karaoke thing one night and, you know, the bar is uh, prominently placed. And I know, don't normally stay in hostels, but it can be a really great place to meet people. So I, I tried it on this trip and uh, indeed it is. And I, I did meet some people, uh, but I got sick pretty early in the trip. And so I wasn't really interested mm-hmm. in pursuing women in the way that you, I otherwise you, might. You met a, a young lady who told you she was very familiar with Nicaragua, but then didn't know who the president was. Yeah. 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 I mean, staying at hostels is generally sort of depressing when you travel. Like everyone there is there to like drink and party. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I told you the story offline, but I'll just retell it here. Yeah. I was sitting and talking to uh, two or three folks, and they were talking about how safe Nicaragua was and how they hadn't had any issues. And their friends and family were like, why are you going there? It's so dangerous. And I had actually been pulled over for bribes three, time by the, three times by the police uh, at that point in my trip. And right. I was sort of irritated with them, touchdown dancing about how safe it was. Did so you learn I, the Spanish word for bribe? No. <laughs> Dinero is fine. Dinero means money. Yeah. All right. That's adequate in, in that circumstance. Uh, and yeah, so I was annoyed by like, you know, how they were so confident about how wonderful Nicaragua was. And I said like, oh, it seems like you're really familiar with the politics here. Who's the president? And, you know, of course, all three of them didn't know. And they were like briefly, mildly embarrassed, but I don't think they realized the sort of irony there. In a way that I would have liked. Uh, Looks like it's a suborno. Um, the 
Yeah. And of course, that's actually been in the news quite a bit. Yeah. It's been in the news quite a bit because Daniel Ortega, who's the president there, there's some sort of, um, I can't remember the details, but something between him and the Catholic church and stuff like, and and he was somebody who was, who was uh, a leader there maybe in the eighties or nineties. He was, and then he came came back back into power and he's recently removed term limits and the elections are all a sham and it's, I mean, it's. So it's, it's actually like something that's caused some consternation and, um, and in, it's in the news. So it's something that you could imagine. I mean, uh, let's put it this way. If you do a search for like current events in Nicaragua, his name will come up pretty quickly. I mean, just the poverty there and the lack of ability to like do anything without just being completely coded in corruption and sure. the crime and all this. I mean, it's just like well known. And this notion of that these hostile goers we're enjoying drinking their margaritas in their little bubble kind of bothered me. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Women who are into rough sex, is there any way to prevent or control the afterwards pain? I love mm-hmm. having some nice rough sex, but my vagina is always hurtful and sore. Hurtful. Hurting. Yeah, and sore. Maybe you talked about this already, but we can have a we can have a different rub here, so to speak. Yeah. And sore for one or two days after that, especially if my clit is rubbed roughly. I feel like it'll just come off after a few hours. I'm also worried that the irritation might make me prone to infections. Lubricants play a significant role, that's for sure. But is there anything else to be done? I hate feeling uncomfortable for days because of a few hours of fun, but I also sometimes just really want it so badly that I just can't stop myself from going for it. Plus, is this even normal? Does it happen to everyone or is it just me and I need to visit a doctor? Also, is there anything I can do to lower the chance of infection caused by the small cuts? So this was interesting to me and not something I'd really considered. I mean, sex is pretty violent toward the woman. I mean, you're being penetrated oftentimes aggressively and roughly and quickly. And yeah, the amount of physical harm that is imposed by that is much higher on the woman on women than it is for men. I mean, I'll sometimes, if I haven't had sex for a long time and I have sex, like, you know, like my hips will be a little bit sore and my groin will be a little bit sore, but it's not, you know, it goes away after establishing a regular habit. If you were to accept uh, pegging, it would probably, you'd have a similar. Yeah. Oh, and also, by the way, oh gosh, I really wanted to look this up. There, uh, I saw a TikTok. This is related. I saw a TikTok that was with a dentist and he, and then I searched around for it, and it seems to be true that there is a characteristic pattern of bruising in the in the mouth area. I saw that this too. Tell you, yeah, that oh, can I, tell I you said this too. Sex, yes, perhaps. yes, it was. Yeah, it was a woman in a dentist office, and she was asking a dentist if it was true that dentists can tell if women have had oral sex recently, and the dentist said yes, absolutely. I, right, and yeah, and there's and actually, if you search uh, the internet and uh, look for pictures. You, in fact, can't. You can see examples of sort of the yeah, characteristic pattern there. Yeah, there's characteristic bruising on the soft palate. He said, "Yeah, huh. and sort of a, a, a circular pattern that is yeah. in just the obvious spot." Yeah, right. Okay, so that's going to be horrifying for some of our female listeners who have upcoming dental appointments. They're going to have to lay off the blowjobs for a couple of days leading up to it. But yeah, I mean, that's just another example of like. The specific physical harm that women uh, can have inflicted upon them during sex. A man could have like uh, fingernail uh, marks on your back or something. Yeah. Well, look, gay men have all kinds of issues with this, right? Like this is why, gosh, I don't even know if this is like allowed to say, but yeah, this is why HIV transmission is much higher 
amongst gay men than in any other uh, man, well, woman yeah. or combination. I mean, if you're uh, anybody who's receiving anal sex, is good. Right. That's really the primary vector. Yeah, there's cutting and tearing, and HIV what do you is think bloodborne. is What do you think is going on? So one of the things she said that I didn't catch before is that she um, sometimes she just really wants it. Yeah, so that's sort of interesting. Like it, it suggests like a real need for something sort of more aggressive to be done to her. What do you think is behind that? Yeah, let's just for the sake of argument, let's stipulate that she means she likes being pounded extremely hard, right? So they're in missionary be, or dog style. Be, I know, but let's just of, like yeah. come up okay. with a specific example so we don't get like bogged down in the details. Sure. So like, what is it that is making her want that versus something that might be otherwise more stimulating? Yeah. Like what, it, I mean, I assume, I assume that it's, um, yeah, there's some sort of emotional release there that she's getting yeah. out of that. that uh, Something about being used as a sexual object, I think. Right. I mean, that sort of makes some sense. It does. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me that she would, yeah, okay. She, yeah. I, I'm, I'm imagining like, it's, a, it's like somebody who is trying to quit smoking and they're like, oh, I know I shouldn't because there's like this physical harm. There's an, well, smoking has the addictive element, but let's just say you talk about the physical harm. She knows that she's going to be in pain afterward and she still, it's that compelling to her that she still says, okay, I've, I've got to, I've got to do this. Um, that is somewhat surprising to me. It's not congruent with my general view of how women view sex, but I don't know. Yeah. You, yeah. Have you encountered a woman that you thought really, really, really you know, just like would demand this type of experience or yeah. very clearly needed it. Yeah. Although I don't know. Hmm. I'm thinking of one person in particular, but we only had sex like maybe three or four times. And so okay. I'm not sure, but I, I remember like the third time I was like, huh, this is actually sort of not that great. Like she just always wants harder. Hmm. Um, and but was it harder in the sense like that, that it seemed like she physically needed that stimulation or was it harder in the sense that like she really wanted to, to be used? I think it's both. She needed the stimulation in order to feel more used. Mm, like it okay. made it more fun for her to be objectified. And it wasn't like, it wasn't that I was like having problems lasting, which I guess could potentially be an issue if you're being asked to go harder and faster. It was more that like, yeah, it was it? It became like a like a physical endeavor. It was like exercise, and it was, and it mm. didn't it didn't really do that much for me. And so, yeah, I guess it was boring. Is the right word here? <laughs> Interesting. Well, if it's boring yeah. for one partner, maybe it's exciting for the other. You're like, yeah, I don't think she could detect my boredom though. And and in fact, if she could, she probably wouldn't have been as turned on by it. Huh. That makes sense. But I mean, I, I remember specifically the third time I was like, huh, this is kind of annoying. And then the fourth time I was like, oh, this is super annoying. I don't want to do this anymore. And what was the position she wanted to be pounded in? Uh, yeah, my examples earlier weren't random. It was missionary and, and doggy. Got it. Doggy style. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, it's, I mean, this gets to the thing of I have some curiosity about what people who are like going to a dominatrix are getting out of it. Like, I, I can intellectually understand, oh, you know, they're getting some kind of release or whatever, but there's, yeah, I'm more interested in what's going through their mind at the time. Like, are they yeah. reli reliving some childhood experience? Are they, is it uh, that they are a, some sort of high powered executive during the day? And so like, there's some 
part of their brain that gets stimulated that ordinarily isn't or yeah i just have no idea yeah the submissiveness i'm, I'm not yeah. sure i mean lots of people that i've had sex with like this occasionally okay um, but yeah i guess you don't think they're just placating you um i don't know i don't know yeah they, yeah they might be projecting i'm not sure by the way just before i forget about this so with the two with the finger insertion <laughs> yes so the when you put in three fingers i assume the three fingers you use are the index the middle and the ring yes it sounds like you've never had somebody want that not that i can remember okay or, and or then not, what, not enough times that you know if you do that they form sort of a triangle then or can you get yeah. them horizontal i mean i i'm practicing right now i mean i can hold them stiff so that it makes so that it's three in a row and they don't really triangle but yeah. i think after I was sort of jamming in and out there, they, they, I'd probably fall back to the pyramid configuration. Right. And then that winds up effectively the, the, the fingers that are really doing the work are the index and the ring. Because, mm -hmm. the, because when I say doing the work, like the, the main stimulation there is pushing toward right. our stomach. Yeah. The middle ring is, the middle finger is right. sort of a stabilizer. And then do you ever go for the pinky as well or? Because then no. you would be making kind of a square, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And then that, and then it would be the pinky and the index that are kind of in contact I mean, with. The, you could do a few things here, like you can put them four in a row. Or row. You can sort of Tetris them, so you have this like super wide thing that but, I don't think would fit. I think if you turned it ninety degrees, and so the say pinky was toward the clit, or wait, mm -hmm. the pinky was toward the anus, and the index was toward the clit. Do you, do you have you ever done that? So, do you always finger with the kind of palm facing upward, or do you ever turn sideways? or down. Yeah. Sideways with four fingers, I think would just not be super compelling. Well, let's say with two, with two, do you ever do some rotation in there and like it pointing Maybe, down? Maybe, but I, I just don't think that's what they want. Oh no, it's not. But I mean, just to amuse yourself or like to do them. <laughs> you know, to, I guess it would just be to amuse yourself. Yeah. I mean, to explore the biology. Yeah. You I'm don't sure do that. I have, but it wasn't like a memorable moment in my life. Okay. Well, I feel like, I mean, I think we may have discussed this before, but that like, if you go, if you, if you turn them sideways, of course, it depends on whether you, do you use your right or your left hand for that? Typically, I know you're left-handed. So that's, uh, I'm pretty ambidextrous on this particular so task. I think that I always use my right hand. I think I would prefer to use my right. So I play sports with my right. My right hand is a bit stronger. Okay. Uh, I masturbate with my left, but I. When you say play sports, you mean move the mouse on your computer, right? I occasionally. <laughs> throw a baseball or a football, but and you throw them right-handed. Yes, I do. I throw right-handed. That's interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. um, that's I shoot. Huh. I shoot a basketball right-handed. That's uh, but I do archery and pool and riflery left-handed. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you and you write with your left hand. Yes, that's the problem. But the the uh, okay. <laughs> so if you so let's say you're doing your right hand in this case. And yeah. you put them in vertically, then you can bend your knuckle and you can actually sort of access sort of the ligaments and musculature around her hip and leg there. Yeah, yes, that's presumably what that Michigan State gymnastics doctor was allegedly right. doing. Right. So there is some interesting investigation you can do there, but I don't think that's uh, what they want. And then, of course, you can turn them the, uh, completely around 180 degrees from what's desired and, 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 and uh, caress her rectum. <laughs> I assume right. you don't do that either. No, I mean, look, these are all options. I think I have done all of these things. Like, there was no good handbook on, like, how to finger bang a woman. And so mm -hmm. you, you sort of 
eventually figure out that, you know, some sort of claw shaped thing where you can stimulate the clit from the other side is right. generally. Do you preferred. ever have a woman, do you ever have a woman comment on that technique? Okay. The more one finger, more one less. Do you ever have a woman comment on like how firmly you're pressing up Yes, and in? Yeah. And some the typical harder. request is what? Okay. Some prefer harder, some prefer less. I, Interesting. I dated this one girl. I think I told this story, but it was like 60 episodes ago who really liked aggressive uh, finger banging. And okay. she, she was always asking for it harder. And I actually bought one of those like grip things, uh, actually two of these grip things because I wanted both. I wanted oh, the hand grippers, right. Hands. Yeah, the hand gripper things that uh, like mountain climbers practice with. And I, I was making some progress, but we broke up. Hmm. Hmm. Unrelated. Breakup. The breakup was not. I don't know. I mean, maybe my hands just weren't strong enough. Oh, did she ghost you? No, I broke up with her. But oh, okay, you ghosted her. This is a while ago. No, I think we had like a dramatic thing. Huh. Unrelated to the finger strength. Yeah, it's not interesting. It's too bad. Yeah. Um. Okay. Are you? Are, I think we're good here. Are you yeah. ready to move on? All right. Yeah. This person says, "My girlfriend won't have sex with me till I save some money." Abortion is illegal here. She's already made an appointment with a doctor to get birth control, and I'm completely fine with using condoms. Pills plus condoms seems like the ideal combo, which should give us 100% certainty. Am I wrong? She told me she won't have sex till we open together a savings account. She already told me how much money we should have, uh, which she calculated. (laughs) Hold on a second. Okay, sorry. Uh, Use the cough button there. Uh, She won't have sex till we open a savings account. Uh, She already told me how much money we should have, which she calculated based on the cost of a trip to our neighboring country and cost of the abortion plus some extra money. Of course, I won't insist. If that's what she wants, I agree. But isn't it a bit paranoid? Is this approach normal? For more context, we're not poor or anything. We're young, don't have much savings at the moment, but we're doing just fine. So my read of this was, I mean, gosh, it's... It does seem excessive, but I think that's just because culturally this isn't done. Like she's actually being pretty smart here. It's wild how unusual such behavior is, but yeah. yeah. There's some suspicion you would have that she has some ulterior motive and wants mm. to just take off with the money, although I, I can't yeah, imagine it's that much money. Right. Um meaning Yeah, this would be an awfully long con to make like five hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably between say 500 and 2000 or something. It's not that much money. Uh, I mean, significant for a young couple maybe, but not an amazing amount. Yeah. Um, she could probably make more, uh, by escorting twice or something. I mean, my spider sense went up when she said they open together a savings account, but this person seems like English isn't their first language. That might've just been. No, it might be together. I mean, it's just, it could be. And that would be a little bit of a yellow flag, but let's, let's, Let's assume for the sake of this conversation that. Yeah, I sort of like how uh, uh, the pro-life laws in this case, or anti-abortion, whatever you want to call it, are creating just this like little maze, this little mouse maze these people have to run through. I mean, it shows you that laws like that essentially don't do anything. I mean, they just, you're just, it's, this is very common with the government regulation. They're just creating some sort of trap. And of course, these people are on probably on the smarter side so they can run the maze. People that are less fortunate in their brain area maybe can't run the maze <laughs> and then just wind up screwed. Uh, so it doesn't really 
it's it's the the impacts of these kinds of regulations are confusing. The important thing is it's not like the law convinced them that abortion's bad. Right. <laughs> it certainly didn't do that. It right. just it's well, just not to like, have sex or whatever. Well, it might. I mean, the woman um the woman sounds like she's willing to consider not having sex because of the need for this money, but the but the point is it's not yeah. It's still like hey, just let's get together this money. Like she's still um and by the way, I mean, I think I would say that I think a large percentage of women in this situation would not care if they had sex. It's that they expect the guy will break up with them if they don't. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, do you think that women should? Yeah, I mean, I I think basically to the extent that this woman isn't trying to scam him, and I don't think she is, I think this notion of being like, look, we're going to use two different kinds of birth control. And we need to have an abortion plan. I feel like that's a good conversation to have before people have sex the first time. And I bet yeah, it happens only, less than 5% of the time. Yeah. The only criticism I have here is the condom. I think that if you're, I think that you, if you pro- properly taken, the birth control pill is going to be pretty effective. And since you have this abortion plan, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that two of the three here, and I think the abortion plan makes sense. As yeah. one of the three, but I think two of the three is probably sufficient. Having three is a little like the truth is if they're using a condom and a pill, the odds that she would need an abortion are really close to zero, like really close. Sure. But, but okay. you, want, you, know, I mean, you want that abortion plan because that 100% takes care of any does. failure in birth it does. control. I mean, I, I, would, I would note, of course, that you know it's impossible – I, I assume that it is true that there's some percentage of the time that women have abortions and then later have some regret, some terrible psychological consequences. So it's not it, even even in the situation where she has the abortion, it's not necessarily like a risk-free situation for her. And it probably is for him. Probably he won't care. But for the woman, I think there is some effort, uh, some incidence of like subsequent psychological damage because of That's having an abortion. Interesting. So yeah, you want to multiply the probabilities here, like the the probability of psychological damage times the probability of needing to get an abortion because either the condom or the birth control failed. Right. I mean, there's no, this is like driving a car and the risk of getting an accident. You can't, it's like micro morts or whatever. You can't eliminate all risk. But I just, I mean, I think it's fair to acknowledge that even if it's not, the abortion is not a hundred percent safe psychologically for either party, but really for the woman. Like for the man, I don't think it's that common for men to be like all broken up because they're part of You hear about it sometimes, but it's mostly in pro-life documentaries. It could be performative, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. But for women, I think it's, I mean, it makes sense to me that it's a real thing, particularly if she subsequently doesn't have a kid. But I, I I mean, I've just, I've, I've personally known enough women that like named, uh, and had (laughs) buried babies that they, um, miscarried. I've known multiple women that did that. So yeah. it's like, wow. And they tell you about it. And you're like, wow, the fact yeah, that you're telling but me. Miscarriage versus a early term abortion is well, different. Abortion, also, abortion also, in some ways it's more uh, voluntary, but it, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the I think benefits of having a plan like this, which is I'm going to get an abortion if I get pregnant, is that you sort of amortize that potential guilt. You you front load it, right? Like you you've made the call. And you don't yeah. need to like, it, it becomes less of a decision and more of just like rote following the plan. And I, I bet there's some yeah. benefit to that as well. And then also you can do it earlier in the pregnancy. 
I, I, I would assume that it's uh, harder to do it once you show physical signs of pregnancy than say yes. six, week, six weeks into the pregnancy when it's not clear, yes. like very clear that you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that's strong having advice. A plan, having a plan uh, improves your odds of doing that, right? If you don't have a plan, then you might spend two months thinking about it. And then yes. by that point, you are going to experience some problems psychologically, no matter what you do. Yes. Yeah. I think any therapist or medical doctor, I think, I think some therapist or medical doctor, I didn't mean to <laughs> separate those categories, would, they would both say, do it sooner rather than later. Sure. Sure. I don't think that's controversial. Yeah. Um, all right. So, but yeah, I mean, you basically agree that having adult conversations about birth control is a good idea. I don't think that's. I do. I just think that I, I, it always, I mean, and you see this a lot, uh, forums on Reddit, for example, is the, uh, the condom plus birth control pill. I think that is, I, I think I'm not sure I agree with that generally because I don't, I think that, um, well, yes, it's going to increase the, or decrease the odds a little more. Um, I think that you should measure that against the, um, decrease in the pleasure or benefit that you get from sex. And yes. I just think the birth control pill is so effective if taken properly that yes, like I agree. The, when the, when the birth control pill fails, it's look, it's mostly because it's not taken properly. I'm going to uh, say some of them some, have to be taken at the same time each day and so forth. Anyway, go on. Yeah. I'm going to say something sort of red pill here. Uh, yeah. You should not assume that your partner is taking birth control, uh, even if they tell you that they are. Uh, hmm. if, if you're an adult, right? Like if you're, if you're my age, you can assume more, but it's not, it's not that they're like lying and trying to get pregnant. It's that a lot of women are not great at remembering to do something at 8am or 8pm every day. There are mm -hmm. various apps you can get on your phone that remind you to take your birth control. And there are various birth controls that don't sort of leave it up to the woman. You can get shots, you can get IUDs, you can get uh, whatever that thing in your arm is. that Norplant, yes. Yeah, that releases the hormone slowly. But yeah, the most common failure of hormonal birth control is the woman forgets to take her pill three days in a row yes. and then it causes some sort of weird whatever. And so, yeah, like when dealing with 19-year-olds, if you're a man, you might want to make sure that you know the person is a reliable person before trusting that. And so there are some right. circumstances where I think, you know, doubling yes. up with a condom could make sense. I think that's sort of more articulate than I was, than I was. I mean, for the, for the man. So, there, so basically there's a thing the man can do. There's a thing the woman can do. And you could have a situation where they both do the thing and there's nothing wrong with that. The thing I think is a little weird is the woman insisting on the pill plus the yeah. condom because she knows that she's taking the pill. I Just know. like I think it would be weird for the man. If the man's using a condom, he shouldn't really care if she's on the pill because he can control if the condom yeah. is used properly. I think pretty I think what's I think what's going on here is basically a <laughs> overbelieving or overcompensating or overly effective basically high school health class where the teacher yeah. just sort of scared people about the risks and said like, well, you should use three condoms and four different kinds of birth control and also take the morning after pill and do this, right? Like she's, right. she's probably been scared, uh, into her current thing. And, and, you know, yeah. after a couple I mean, years of, or maybe even a couple months, she'll probably get a little bit more reasonable about this. Yeah. I mean, I can put a little back of the envelope 
context to this, uh, if you look online, it will it says that condom use is something like ninety percent effective if perfectly used, or something like that. Ninety. What does maybe that not even mean? It's got to be more than ninety percent because even if you had sex well, every day for a month, what's the pregnancy chance? No, no, that, that's right. It's it's ninety percent versus so so zero percent would be if you didn't use anything. So yes, of course, the pregnancy risk is not a hundred percent. You're not the woman is not always going to get pregnant, but the argument is that the condoms are. It's either ninety or in the low nineties. It's not ninety nine point nine. Yeah. But but the problem that I have with that is okay. So if you if you just do some like basic statistics or probability, you'd say okay. So then, um, you would expect on average that if if I use no condom with a partner and you use a condom, then if you have sex ten times as many times as I do, then we would have the same risk of getting pregnant. Of, right. Of getting somebody pregnant. But the problem with that is that, um. Well, it, I mean, I'm not sure how many times you've had sex with a condom and not gotten somebody pregnant, but I bet it's extraordinarily it's 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 not it's obvious that 90% is incorrect. Yeah, um, because you'd be way out, you know, multiple standard deviations out on the curve because you, you know people who have sex without a condom maybe the pregnancy rate is one in ten or something. You yeah. have sex way way more than a hundred times with a condom, and so there's obviously a and it makes sense because it's a barrier that there's some kind of a incorrect use. Uh, problem yeah. here, yeah, okay, and so and so I don't think like I, I think that it's it comes down to if people use caution. I would say the same thing about people who uh, the withdrawal method, where you just uh, you know, well, what they do in porn, yeah, you pull yeah. out exactly, and it's the same thing that the numbers that are given are kind of relatively low in terms of the effectiveness of that. But you have to remember that there's cert- certain percentage of men that are going to either choose to or to ignore the fact that they're close to nutting or right. they just uh, are early ejaculators or something. And so you have to consider those people. If you're not one of those people, then you probably will be able to pull out in time or you will. You will be right. able to pull out in time and not have this problem. And I personally have spoken with actually a few men who like did this for many years and never got had a pregnancy. Right. So yeah. So I, all, all these things are like the, the stats they give are a little weird. Right. <sighs> yep. Okay, I'm going to move on. Do girls get frustrated when a guy can't thrust consistently? This is almost a callback to a couple topics ago. So I, 24-year-old male, have been dating this girl, 27-year-old female, for about two months now, and I've been having problems with being able to last. (laughs) During sex, she's always big on doggy or prone and is one to throw it back. The problem is, throw it back must mean she's pushing back into him. The problem is- I find myself pulling out or pushing her ways so I don't come. Right when I'm doing good, she moans or says something and the sensation gets me, gets to me and I quit. Okay, I think that means he's going to come, so he stops. The other night, she was riding and I asked her to hold on a second and she yells, just fuck me. She's even playfully mentioned how her ex was relentless and dude was like a rabbit. Brutal. I'm guessing girls don't like stop and go. Any advice? So. it's probably right. Yeah, I'm sure that is right. Uh. I'm not sure what this guy can do. How much, how disappointed is the average woman when the man comes and she was maybe, you know, 80% of the way to orgasm and now is not going to be able to make it? I think it depends on whether on, there there are a number of factors. I think it depends on how comfortable she is with doing something after his orgasm to yeah. finish herself, whether it's or, herself or doing it or him. 
uh, yeah, whether he's willing to do something. And then there's that whole topic there. But the, uh, I, I think that if she was 80% of the way, then that's probably pretty frustrating for most women. Um, I, th- I, however, think that uh, in most cases, when this is going on, the woman is not close. And the reason why is because, uh, I mean, the average, the length of the average sex act is surprisingly short. It's like five minutes or something. Yeah. Um, it, like the, there's some data around this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, so, and the, the percentage of women who can orgasm from a guy doing something to them for them for five minutes that doesn't involve a vibrator is extremely low. It's really unusual. A woman can get herself off that quickly uh, if she's sort of focused on herself. Right. So usually it's that's not what's going to be happening here. It's just going to be like, it's going to be this annoying thing where it's like, oh, you know, this guy, he's just getting himself off and he's, there, there's all these, he's going through this whole mental process and she's like, hasn't even, she's not even that excited yet. I think that's usually what's going on here. Yeah, I think so too. Just for the sake of a thought exercise, can you imagine if this was reversed, if it was mm-hmm. fairly common for you to be having sex with a woman and then right before you're going to come, she's just like, oh, I'm done by. Well, it wouldn't be that. It would be that you, uh, hang on, it would be that you, it takes, and this is, I mean, for me, uh, it takes me a little longer to, to nut, right? So let's, let's say, it, let's say it takes me 15 minutes. Okay. Um, so I know it's going to take 15 minutes. We start having sex and after three minutes, she's like, stop. And, and, oh, and it's importantly, she would, um, she's not interested after she comes. So after three minutes, she says, stop. So I have to stop or mm-hmm. whatever she's on top. She has to stop. Yeah. And then we go into this. And of course, that's going to elongate the 15 minutes that it would take me to say 25 minutes because there's an arousal decline yeah. that happens when she says to stop. And then after like six minutes, she comes and then the, and then I have to go beat off in the bathroom. That would be terrible. Right. Even if, even if I wasn't 80% of the way there, the whole, the whole experience would be just kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I've I think had, I, I think it's ameliorated for women by the fact that like in most cases the women don't care about sex as much. Yeah, so I it's think like they most don't. women. Yeah, this situation where a woman is eighty percent there is sort of a false. Right, it's like a straw man. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's it's unusual. I, I actually think that the more common thing to irritate women is okay. First of all, yes, I'm sure there are women. I know there are women in this situation where they are 50%, 70%, whatever aroused and the guy is doing this and it's annoying for them and they want to get off. But I actually think what's more common for a woman is to be in the conundrum of the guy is trying to get her off first and he, and she's just, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, this is where they fake orgasms. They either fake or they have to like do the, hey, you know, why don't, why don't we just make this about you tonight or whatever? She has right. to do that. And right. so it puts her in this kind of weird, I, I actually think it's it's complicated because I, yeah I think that's more common and it's you know it's interesting we talked a few episodes ago about these couples where they have where the woman wears something it's like they they have um free use sort of but the woman like say wears a certain hair tie to indicate that she is up for sex that day yep and so then the guy knows he should you know and I, I actually think that's a, an interesting idea um, you could also imagine a woman because I my impression although I've never gotten like a detailed answer from this on this from a woman is that women know pretty early in the sex act, whether they're going to be able to orgasm or not, like whether yeah, they're I think that's going right. to happen, especially yeah. a woman with a little more experience. It would be interesting if they just had a way, an, again, like a nonverbal way to just indicate that to the guy. Like you could yeah. imagine they're wearing a hair tie that indicates they're available that day. And then the hair tie also- It's like a mood <laughs> ring. Like, 
<laughs> it's, it reminds me of the thing that, uh, that, that maybe apocryphal the gay guys would do. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like where they would wear certain handkerchiefs or something in bars to indicate like what they were into. Yep. So, you know, you'd wear a certain thing to indicate that you're a bottom or a top or blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. You could have, but this one, yeah. I mean, it would actually probably enhance relationships for women to indicate that right up front because then the guy knows and it's really not awkward then. It's like, oh, should I perform oral on her? Should I try to, you know, figure right. out how many fingers I'm going to put in there or should I just like do whatever I want basically? Yeah. I mean, I think it takes a little bit of priming the pump before a woman knows whether it's going to be an A day or a B day. But hmm. do you, you think, know, I mean, I, do you have any like actual, have you discussed this with a woman or you have any I don't know. reason for that belief? Yeah. I don't we should know. ask, we should ask Allie that she would, yeah. she sure. would give an honest answer to that. I'm not sure. Uh, I have a feeling that for Allie, it might always be an A day. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this does remind me of like the worst possible thing a woman can hear during sex, yeah. which is of course, uh, Your pussy stinks. No, it's, I'm not going to stop until you come. And oh, right. It's like, oh no. Now I either have to like embarrass him and tell him it's not happening or we're going to be here for hours while he like fumbles around. Or it's like, yeah, he's, 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 well, I mean, you, yeah, you encounter that sometimes whether it's in porn or descriptions of real life, he's, he's on top of her thrusting in and out. And he says something like that. He's like, oh, I'm going to I'll come right after you do baby. And she's yeah. like, oh, now what do I do? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Her choices are, uh, suffer the physical damage that that woman a couple posts ago mentioned or. Well, yeah, even in that case, like, it's not like she's going to come after like hour two ticks by. It's just going to be. Yeah. What do you, how would you, if I was a woman, how would I respond? Because I mean, you could fake. The thing is that not faking, if he's being honest that he's just going to keep going, then he'll keep going until he is physically exhausted because you're not going to climax. (laughs) Right. So then your choices are, yeah, or, or you have to have the conversation. Um, and I could see the woman not wanting to do that because the guy is going to be hurt and upset. And it's like, wow, I had sex with him tonight. I wanted him to be happy. And now yeah. this is terrible. Yeah. Guys should never, ever say that to a woman. Yeah. Well, they should never have the sort of confusion about how sex works to think that saying that, I mean, if, if somebody's saying that they're already behind the eight ball. But by the way, so and speaking of these topics that like these th- things we've learned not to do in sex. So we've also learned uh, that doing an MMF threesome is risky because- Bad idea. Yeah, because if you, well, sorry, MMF, meaning the two men play together, interact, because the woman has a high chance, the woman who's in a couple with whichever guy has a high chance of then being unattracted to the guy afterward because she just watched him have sex with a man. Right. The, um, the interview I did last week about polyamory, she was shocked or surprised by that. Yeah. Do, do you remember that part of the interview? I mean, do you like- I do. Does that, it makes me wonder like if- like what's going on there? Like, cause it's, it makes sense I mean, to me. That would be an issue. It does make sense to, I mean, well, first of all, I think we've paid a little bit more mind to these various topics than the average person. And so if she was surprised, but if you were to explain to her the sort of common dynamic that arises, which is. I did. I know. She, she basically said, oh no, you know, I find uh, people in my community find it hot when the guy interacts with another guy. And I was like. Really? Because that, it seems threatening. It seems jealousy provoking, but threatening. I mean, it's like, oh, you might be gay. You're, this tells me something very different about you sexually. You and mean, also you're not very masculine now. Right. As a woman seeing your sexual partner 
behave in a submissive or less alpha, more beta way, it's just sort of obviously risky. It's true that a high-minded woman might be able to absorb that and not change her sort of monkey brain, lizard brain opinion of her partner at all. Right. It's possible, but I think you're rolling the dice there. And if it's a two or higher, it's going to have some non-zero impact forevermore. You know, the thing about it is I would find it, uh, my recommendation to people that are, I was going to say recruiting for polyamory, but that's, that's the wrong word. But people who are um, expo- ex- giving an exposition of the lifestyle, my recommendation would be for them to be more honest about this. I mean, it makes more sense to me that it would bother you, but that you have some way of coping or that you yeah. have some things you think about it. So you talk about it later. That would make sense to me. It's like, yeah, look, it inherently bothers me just in the way that like, look, if I did an MM, MFM threesome with my partner and I watched another man ejaculate in her vagina, that would bother me. Yeah. And I might learn to overcome that or cope with it in a way that it still makes the activity a net positive for me. But saying it didn't right. bother me at all is crazy. Of course it does. Right. Because my lizard brain is thinking, oh, now I'm going to have to raise another man's child. Like I'm, I'm watching her right. get impregnated by another guy. Like that's yeah. really bothersome. Some good techniques for getting over the standard obvious jealousy stuff would be much yeah. more useful content than pretending that they don't experience human emotions. Right. It's like, look, like the first five times I did this, it did bother me. And then I realized I had a kink for it and blah, blah, blah. And that's believable to me. I mean, I think it's yeah. really unusual. That or I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to tolerate that downside in exchange for the upside, which is you know, increased promiscuity and more interesting sex. Which then, of course, makes me wonder like why – what is it? What happens to a woman to make? Because women already have so much access to promiscuity and yeah. free love and so forth. Like what? <laughs> yeah, what? What's going on in the brain of a woman? Is it that she has a brain that's more masculine? So she's maybe, I, yeah, I just don't know. Like toward like toward like kind of the trans kind of thing where it's a more masculine hormones or just like that behavior or is yeah. something happened in their past or is there something I don't understand about human humanity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll get a guest someday that can set us straight on this. But for now, that'll do it for episode 107 of Your Mileage May Vary. You can reach us at YMMVPod on Twitter or at YMMVPod at gmail.com. That's also the place to ask us questions. If you give us feedback, we will pay you $10. No questions asked. Just give us your Venmo or PayPal or what's the other one? Cash app or however you'd like us to pay you. And if you ask us a question, let us know if you don't want us to use it on the show. We appreciate you giving us the benefit of the doubt and make it through an entire episode. And we hope to catch you next time when your mileage may vary. Je me goûte.